everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of Foreigners Talk American, the fantastic podcast where I, a lone American, will discuss something interesting about my country's culture to a group of my best foreign friends. With me today is a very diverse group. From New Zealand, we got Jonathan. Yo. From Ireland, we got Gary. Well, Hartings. From South Korea, we got Andrew. Annyeong. And also from South Korea, we got Beth. Annyeonghaseyo. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary, does well hurtings mean hello in Gaelic? Or like, what does that mean? Um, said, oh, well, how are t- I'm saying well, how are things? But the way I say it in my local, in my local dialect is well, how are things? So it's just very, very quickly saying it. And the fact that I don't pronounce DH doesn't help. Oh, okay. I, th- I oh, thought you were speaking oh, Irish oh, or Gaelic for a second. No, in Irish, it's like Conasatatu uh, or Diagwit. Okay. So... <laughs> So th- thanks for everybody for, for being here. Uh, how's everyone's quarantine going so far? It's about week six for me, personally. <laughs> week six for me too. And I've started growing plants, which is slow progress. And I had my first virtual brunch, which was quite good. Did you all have to Very make true. the same meal and then eat together? No, it was a competition and I won. So stuffed mushrooms. How would, how would there be a competition? No one could taste your, your cuisine. It could taste it like would, complete crap. Perf- based on visuality, obviously. So this virtual world is all based on how your visual and how well you can take that Instagram photo of your brunch. So I won. Well, that, that's that's good to know, Gary. Did you put any of the plants that you grew into your 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 omelet or whatever you made for brunch? No, they haven't actually come out of the soil yet. They're still very much seed level planting. Can you reveal what you're growing, or is that going to incriminate you? Uh, no, no, no. It's, uh, 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 everything is perfectly legal here. Um, but no, it's... Uh, well, you do uh, live in Canada, which is a very liberal yeah. liberal country. Yeah, true, true, true. W- w- what you're growing it would be legal in, in uh, South Korea or China? I assume so. Carrots, I'm not sure how well they translate, <laughs> and uh, zucchini, so, um, and sunflowers. So we'll see. Well, it's good to know that your quarantine is going pretty well, Gary. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Uh, all right, thank you, Gary. <laughs> So let's get into today's topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about American pop music today. And uh, I guess I can give a little rundown of what pop music was like during my lifetime. I'm a guy in in my late 20s. So when I was a kid, it was a lot of Britney Spears, a lot of NSYNC, a lot of these boy band bubblegum pop kind of music that uh, Disney promotes. And then we got into like a little bit more specific genres. In high school, Mm -hmm. you would hear a little bit more R&B, some emo bands. Mm -hmm. My Chemical Romance was pretty popular. Mm -hmm when I was in high school. And around the time I met my, my friends here in college, uh, a lot of fun dance music became popular. Mm. Uh, you would hear Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, stuff like that, oh, yeah. stuff that you can dance to. And now music has gotten to a point where I'm not really familiar with what pop music is anymore. I think a lot of it is uh, SoundCloud rappers that become famous or people that get an online presence first and then they make their way into the mainstream. Not necessarily through radio anymore because radio more or less might not be used as much but you can listen to them on spotify or on youtube or whatnot jonathan you're younger than me what do you think about uh pop music oh oh thanks you're the young person in this group thanks for that awfully nice compliment though uh by the number of strands i have hair that i lose every day i don't know if i can be outside as young anymore honestly man i think it's uh pretty much the same as uh what you said i'm on the same wavelength as you bro like where you grew up it's just kind of as if it's been american since day one boy bands and then the, the emo punk band right and then r&b as well and now i i'm equally i'm as lost as you bro i don't even want to pop this anymore now rubbish gets gets shared um well gets famous on youtube and then sort of just uh 
has a lot of auto-tune, I think, in it now. <laughs> Seems anyway. So, so why do you think that's uh, the trend of, of new musicians? Because you hardly see, like, I, I was talking about this to a coworker before, and, and we, I, I can't name a new band, like a band with, like, members that play instruments anymore, since, mm -hmm. like, Imagine Dragons might have been the last one, but they were around when I was in college. Why do you think it's more individualistic now for, for popular music? Um, you might be heading on a uh, more philosophical question there, right? On maybe that sort of affecting uh, people prioritizing their, their own success in terms of shaping success more on their own before collaborating. I don't know. I don't know if that's a valid point to even sort of discuss in this. Uh, but um, it's also probably because it's maybe easier to go out on your own now with all the, you know, the marketing, I guess, you know, sorted by social media, right? Once you kind of just have your music up there and people start, you know, getting hooked on it, sharing it, you, you just be good. So in that case, I guess you can kind of have a good shot at it becoming, you know, successful independently. I'm not sure. I'm, that's kind of just my hypothesis, right? Um, but in terms of, uh, so, so what I think is like a lot of bands that we grew up on, they became famous because uh, they performed in, let's say, a small venue, small club. And then a record producer saw them, thought their their sound was great. They performed live well, and then they signed them. Let's let's say this is how I don't know, the Strokes got signed or something like that. But now I think record producers don't really go out <clears> to <throat> venues to uh, to find live musicians. I think they just go on YouTube and see someone's mixtape or something like that. Yeah, and I think uh, Mr. Justin Bieber pretty much legitimized this process, right? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Bieber started the trend. It's, it's all his fault. Gary, what do you think about American pop music? Um, what do I think about American pop music? It's very commercial. So I, there just seems to be a slight um, disconnect between the authenticity of like a, an artist and versus kind of this what will sell. And that seems to be what drives popular, at least in the 2000s or late 2010s. That seems to be more of a thing. Although I'm rediscovering it all now through TikTok and listening to what is the popular song of the moment through my quarantine discovery of t rediscovery of TikTok and how that's shaping the charts at the moment, just the addiction of certain songs that have dances and probably, possibly that's the future of driving what is popular in the US and in Ireland. So, so you're finding music, new music through uh, six, six second TikTok clips essentially, right? Uh, they have a minute as well so it's, oh, okay. it's a, it's a range yeah. yeah you're thinking that Vine. shows how old i am <laughs> tiktok's the future so uh, how does popular music become popular in let's say ireland or, or the rest of europe there is it is it very financially driven like in america where they just try to find the artist that's most marketable or do you see more of the artists with talent getting uh, getting popular in, in in europe i think it's mixed i think it depends on uh, depends on the genre but popular music is probably slightly more commercial and radio is still very important um so the success of radio and the the quantity of people that listen to radio really makes a difference as to the popularity so once songs start going on the radio um people get to know it because most people still listen to live radio quite a lot in ireland um eurovision is another means of us getting song ireland used to be the most successful eurovision um competition eurovision participants and so some of the songs are coming through that as well. And that's where our popular TV shows, such as the equivalent of American Idol and stuff like that, was all geared towards Eurovision and selecting our act to go there. And we got a lot of recent stars from that. But in the 90s, it was all by bands, um, Westlife, Boyzone, all these oh. kind of old school bands that were very much part of Ireland and very much. And then before that, it was U2 and other bands. Mm -hmm. So it's different scales and all of them were kind of selected by 
I suppose in particular for the boy, boys own in Westlife, they were selected by music producers and were created to be popular. Would you, would you say that the Irish invented boy bands? I wouldn't go that far. I think the, the UK would probably have an the argument. first country with boys? Not, not sure. <laughs> that makes no sense. No. <laughs> but I guess, I guess either any, anyone could take this question, but is there a preference for American music in, in your radio stations or, or whatever makes music popular in your countries? Jonathan, you can take this if you want. Oh, no, nah, I think uh, let's let the Koreans uh, take this one. <laughs> okay, is American music popular in a country that does not speak much English? You know, in Korea, you, you know, uh, I remember listening to the, when I was in the middle school, I studied English like uh, by writing down r lyrics of the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Wow, really? Britney Spears, yeah. That's the well, the effective way to study English, you know. So your That's first English words were "I wanted that way." <laughs> no, it was like, like, like "Oops, I did again." Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's the name? What's the meaning of the "Oops"? <laughs> oh, yeah, the time. Korean equivalent of "Oops, I did it again." Can can you can you give me that? <laughs> the the Korean equivalent of "Oops, I did it again." What's the Korean phrase for that? That. <laughs> <laughs> would, would, you, um, would you how would you say that oh it's very hard to <laughs> translate it might be very mis misleading so it could be just my personal opinion but i could do it more than i could i could oops is i could or i go i go that's gonna be a top song on, in on k-pop in like a week oh god <laughs> <laughs> congratulations you're, you're gonna win a lot of royalties from that oh no but would you but would you say that that uh, american music is still pretty popular andrew in in korea yeah like on yeah, the radio definitely. station is it mostly korean music or do you get some english songs actually well? most of them are korean korean music because you know yeah because you guys well, have your still, own pop music right yeah that's true because and all also a lot of teenagers are you know teenagers i think the the, the main main fan is for demographic the, yeah yeah when, because they really like, love to listen to music and they uh, became really fan of some you know band or they became easily fan of some you know popular singers right and they're mm -hmm. much more into into it and they like they're like hundreds of hundreds of idols and boy bands and girl bands in korea so i think what, when you you know when you look at the top, you know, chart you know how do you say music chart top 100 or something and most of them are korean music but still there are a lot there are still some popular pop music in the in the in the middle for example nowadays i would say because i like to listen i've been like to listen to into pop songs so i'm really familiar with like you know modern five or who, mm -hmm. who else like so if i check the top 100 chart in korea we say the dua lupa and dua lipa, uh, dua lipa. <laughs> and billy eilish yeah. eilish you know those are the yeah. Sam Sam Smith and those guys are still popular in Korea. But that's yeah. good to know. But you know, people do not understand the lyrics actually, but you just like I mean the, I don't the understand the, the lyrics to Despacito, but I listened to that song probably a hundred thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> so you think All the, I understand uh, is the word Puerto Rico in that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think Play, that yeah, the, yeah, lyric, the melody is much more important than the lyric, right? That's true. That's, that's true. How, that's how Korean pop um, became popular as well. Yeah, because Korean pop is, would you say it's the most famous pop music in Asia right now? 
I would say so, yeah, because I never listened to the other Japanese song, Chinese song. <laughs> but if, I don't know. I mean, I don't know any C-pop bands, but I know plenty of <laughs> K-pop bands. C-pop, <laughs> J-pop, or like... Or Vitpop. Yeah. Actually, Vitpop is oh. getting pretty popular because I saw the hand-washing song for the coronavirus mm-hmm. on John Oliver. And it, it made me go through a deep dive of uh, the artist who sings the hand-washing song in Vietnamese. And he's pretty good. He's, he's not bad. His name is Jen. Shout out, Jen. Uh, Beth, what do you think about K-pop? We, we brought you on the show specifically for, yeah. for this week because uh, Andrew says, hey, I know this K-pop expert. And I'm like, great, we're going to do a, an, an episode on pop music. So what do you think about K-pop's popularity beyond Korea right now? Well, first, um, if I explain myself a bit before I go dive into that, I'm not an expert. I'm just a personal friend. (laughs) But I have a lot of, (laughs) but I have a lot of like serious fans around me uh, who are my work colleagues or just friends, personal friends who are very much interested in this Korean pop scene. So and and myself is also one of the fandom of the cr- currently active boy band in K-pop. So I guess I could say a bit about what's happening right now. Well, as for answering to your question, I would say it got a lot bigger than it initially was back in like mid 2000, when a lot of the entertainment companies in Korea were trying to um, enter the U.S. market or the world market themselves. I, I know a lot of the entertainment company back then were trying very hard, like the big three of the Korean entertainment company. They were sending their very best boy bands to the U.S. and like Japan. This was happening Europe. in the mid, mid-2000s. mid Yeah, and when I was yeah. in college. But they didn't what? really break it big. It was very, it didn't really work. Why is that? Why, like, why, why were they so unsuccessful back then? But it seems like it's more popular now. Um, I think they were trying to... Was America well, not ready country, for Asian boy bands yet? That as well. But I think they were trying too hard to make themselves into American. Like trying to interpret themselves into a, as an American group, not as a Korean K-pop band or girl mm-hmm. band. So and what they were doing point, is... Yeah. Like when they were going to the US, they were releasing a song that wasn't really played in Korea. So... What they made them initially popular wasn't played in the U.S., but they were making up songs just for the sake of the U.S. market or other markets around the world. So, oh, so they weren't being guess, true to themselves. They were they were trying to yeah. do something that they're probably. not really meant to do. Sellouts. Yeah, probably. Sellouts, and yes. Also, <laughs> yeah. And also for the effect of the social media as well, because, you know, back in mid-2000, the social media wasn't that big than, than now, so... I guess my the, MySpace account, yeah. account says very differently, though. Yeah, MySpace, Twitter, like YouTube, and like what else? I mean, I mean, yeah. So there weren't that many channels that entertainment companies were using to introduce themselves to the the rest of the people out there. I mean, there weren't that many users to begin with. So I think the environment is very different now. I think mm-hmm. all of the all of the people around, like the interest groups. Should I call it like the people who are listening to the music, the market, the boy bands and stuff? I think they're all ready to accept each other. Maybe that's how I see it. Um, is is a so K-pop has been around for how long? Like uh, this, this style of uh, very fun kind of dance music 
has it been around since American boy bands or is it more of a 2000? It's been around around when uh, I don't know if you know the the UK boy band. Should I call it a boy band? But Wham, do you know oh, Wham so. by any chance? Oh, so yeah, it's 1980s. Yeah, Last Christmas and like, yeah, all those hit songs. So the Korean pop band were around since then with the influence of the disco and like, so in 1980s, we had a lot of boy bands like and dance groups like Wham. So I guess that's the very much starter. But before that, we had a lot of bands like like bands who play guitars and drums until the mm-hmm. 70s. So I think the general trend of the Korean music scene was along with the music scenes trend around the globe, like back then, like glam pop and like rock and like, and then in the eighties, we started to see a lot of disco and that's when we started to have a lot of dance groups. In so, so is K-pop actually the most popular genre of music in Korea or is it, or is it more traditional bands or rap music, soul artists or whatnot? Or is it, is it mainly K-pop in, in the top music? I think K-pop, got really big it's 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 a very strong consolidated genre in korea so you can't really say it's like the biggest because because of the popularity of k-pop around the world our rap scene our hip-hop scene korean hip-hop scene got a lot bigger as well and r&b as well so because of the popularity of k-pop like boy bands and girl brands a lot of the other genres in korea got a lot of big boost and were able to gain a lot of bigger and greater audience so now i listen to like all this different kinds of hip-hop and like k-pop and but now i think uh, there's less popularity uh in comparison the american pop should i say i think the koreans are listening to a lot of the our own songs more yeah Mm -hmm. in comparison to what it was like 10 20 years ago yeah Yeah, so what's what's on your workplace andrew is uh is it mostly k-pop or do you have korean korean bands or whatnot like rock bands uh you know as we get older you know it's very hard to to take you know the trend you know it's hard to find follow the trend so Mm -hmm. i keep listening to these old songs you know (laughs) and i I so k-pop from your your lifetime or your early ages would be on your playlist Oh man, it's like very long ago, you know, G Dragon, like <laughs> G Dragon, uh, Big Big Bang, all those stuff. But those guys, but they're old. They became older than me. They're as same old as me. So I would say they become. I'm so, so sad. So, so, them so what old. happens to old K-pop stars that become your age, Andrew? Uh, they can't dance the same way, or did they become? I think they less think, famous, yeah, they or become, did they get solo artists? Oh, it should be most of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they that, go to that, K-pop grad school. Actually, there are a lot of as bad that there are a lot of you know the entertainment company, which teaches those you know applicants to those those students who want to be like a star, and they teach them from from the beginning dance, mm-hmm. how they they the way they act, how how to say it, see how to sing, and also they are teaching Chinese to to them because China market is the one of the biggest one in the, in the world. And I think most of the old K-pop stars changed into, you know, the, the, the how do you say, the teacher? No, trainer. Teachers. Like, uh, yeah. yeah so they're like the coaches. coaches. After, they're like athletes that become coaches after they... Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mm. That's a very strange 
strange uh, dem- demo there. Uh, is is a uh, how, how did they even choose K-pop stars? Because I, I I heard that like it's, it is kind of like an athlete where you find someone young and then uh, you groom them into being uh, in your boy band, your girl band. Is that is that more or less true? Yeah, um, that used to be the trend a lot, uh, and the majority of the trainees are trained like that. So like entertainment companies, they would have like a seasonal recruitment of auditions, uh, whether in Korea or in America or different parts of the world. So they would pick and choose people to train them to be the bands, the K-pop bands. About these days, like in the last two, three years, um, uh, they collaborated with the, the Korean media, like the TV channels. So they would have like a hundred, uh, there was a program called Produce 101. I'm sure some of you guys might have heard. So uh, the TV channel collaborated with like uh, uh, some numbers of entertainment companies to have their own trainees to come in and compete amongst themselves. Uh, the people who would vote for the trainees would be the audience, the, the people who are watching the TV. So So every episode, some people would be dropped out of the race. So it's kind of like a- Like American Idol. Uh, yes, yes, something like that. But or like The, the Apprentice the people, or, uh, Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But, and, but there are 101 people, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they would be chosen like handful of people to finally debut as a, a group. And they would be, um, they would be, you know, working for like five years at, under that name and they would, yeah, end their contracts or something like that. That happened for two, three years now. Yeah, it was K- really K-pop big. K-pop contracts are just something that just fascinates me because Andrew and I discussed this before, but like, if you're a K-pop star, you're actually not legally allowed to date other people because you want to keep your image squeaky clean, right? You don't want uh, the public to know that you're you're dating someone. Is that, right. do you think that's tough for, for the, these kids that are like, they're probably like in their early 20s, the prime of their attractiveness. Yeah. Yeah, probably, and they can't go on dates. Yeah. Or they're probably. probably doing it in secret, right? I would say the latter, probably. I mean, it's a civil contract, so we don't know what's the general thing that they would put on their contract. So some of them might go really harsh and say, you cannot date for eight years or something. But we you wouldn't have to change know. your it's hair color twice a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have to like be in this weight or this height or whatever, like this body size for this, this height. How's that even possible? Like, you have to get <laughs> if you're growing, if you're in your late, like early, late ten, teen, I guess that's one of the preconditions you might have. You're not allowed to grow past six foot three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're doing everything all they can to like, you know, maybe dating secretly, but it's their personal choice. So even if I'm one of the fandom, I would say like as long as that they make it makes them happy, I would say go for it. But just don't get caught. <laughs> don't get caught in camera or in TV. I'm sorry for hogging all this time on on K-pop, uh, Jonathan or, or Gary. Do you want to ask any K-pop questions while we're I, still I, on this no, I, I actually have one question. Um, so I understand like the whole concept of boy and girl bands, right? I mean, you can't, I can probably even say I'm still a fan of those uh, kind of bands, right? One thing that I just could never quite understand, right, with when it comes to K-pop bands, it's just a sheer number. Like, how do people rally around a group of like not five but seven, eight, ten, twelve people? Uh, and how do they, first of all, how do the bands like actually, you know, like split up the number of like seconds or minutes that each one gets, right? And then like, how do the bands just sort of, I don't know, actually like the whole concept of this huge? I mean, band? the prettiest one obviously sings the most, and then like the others are just like background. It's like NSYNC, how like Justin Timberlake. 
How many yeah, BTS members can you name, Jonathan? Because I only can name one. I know the one that just speaks his name is Jin. everyone. Oh, really? Ah, that, that's a guy that I thought, you know, probably wouldn't make that far of us as far as looks, say, isn't it? Is that the, the ugly rapper? Sorry, shit, no. Yeah, <laughs> the two rappers, right? You're going to angry the, the Jin fans on our show. Yeah, I just Man, lost be you, careful. Right? Yeah, yeah, you got to name it. Name all of them right now. Uh, you're gonna I know. All there's Jin, there's Michael, yeah, am, there's uh, Samwell. <laughs> so, Are you making that up? Well, is that actually real? <laughs> no, BTS fan will be a feel better There's fans. There's size right in there somewhere, right? Sorry, guys. Oh, is, yeah. They are old. Oh. They're old guys. They they don't care. They don't know. Okay. Was Sai originally in a in a boy band, or is he? Did he just become famous on his own? He's just on his own. Yeah. Okay. He's been on his own for a very long time. Yeah. But yeah, so like going going to Jonathan's years. question, how how does uh, how do they distribute the the the, the FaceTime for? Uh, for a yeah, band yeah. And more, more importantly, how do Koreans actually feel about the sort of number of bands? Like, do they prefer bigger, smaller bands? Like, what's the consensus there? If there's one, I don't think there's like a. There hasn't been any poll saying like how many would you prefer in a boy band. Okay. I mean, as soon as they debut, like whoever new guys coming along, I think they just get adjusted to it. Like, because I don't know if you know a boy band called Super Junior. They debuted like in mid 2010. And they have a num. They had like nine, eleven. I mean, the the figure was like crazy. Like I I couldn't imagine them fitting in one stage. Yeah. yeah. But but people got adjusted to it. Yeah. The more they got exposure, they just got adjusted to it. Yeah. Uh, but for a band just, like Super Junior, is is there a famous? Is there like one guy that's clearly the leader, or is there, are they all equally pretty famous? Um, they're almost similar in their like popularity. It's quite even. They, they, I, they. I think they initially had one leader, but in their in their active period, some people left the band, so just the number got smaller. And um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but for a band that size, like when someone leaves, like is everyone that sad because there's eight I'm other sure members? <laughs> Uh, there were a lot of like media coverage when the people left the band like why they left and like what what are they doing like and all that but i'm sure they have the each and every one of them have their fans so they might be very sad yeah so so let's let's talk a little bit more about that like uh like a k-pop fan how how do they choose the the member of the group that they they like the most is it by looks or like by the dance moves or um this is also a very I mean, you can't really generalize it. When you so were I 15 I, years I, old, how did you choose the the member of the band that you liked the most? <laughs> That's a very, very important and very deep question that has to dive into my unconscious. Is it something as um, trivial as like hair color? Because that's why I chose my starter Pokemon because I like the color blue. All right. It should be should be handsome. Yeah. I mean, they're all more or less handsome, a, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I chose. My we call it chae, C H A E, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like chegoro ejonghan. It's like the most loving, like the one that you love the most. Chae, mm-hmm. it's 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 an up and coming sign. So if you can say this word to any walking Korean right now, they would understand. But if when I cho- chose my chae, I thought I guess I saw the singing ability the most, and uh, mm. and whether they can dance, because all oh. of them are quite good looking. So it's not like a yardstick to use, and if they what have if, a what, certain what, characteristic, what if there's a the, to some you know leather less handsome guy who sing whales, then we uh, <laughs> they sing whales. Well, we, we well what happens it. is that 
what happened to a lot of my friends when I talk about like how they got to love or like the band was they just pick the very first che and then they start to like the band. So they listen to all their songs and albums and, and watch their YouTube clips of like, because what happens in Korea is like they shoot, when, when they shoot the, uh, upload the video of the performance, um, they have a separate version of the same performance, uh, only zooming one in each member's of that performance. There's a POV shot for each member. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. So if, let's say there's a BTS performance, then um, one is uploaded as like showing all the members as in one stage, but then they would have separate clips of showing each individual doing the dance. Really? Moves. So you get to love yeah, like every that. single one of them. Yeah, that's wow. how they got to love all the different characteristics of the group. So they love the band as a whole, even though they might be slightly less good looking. Like you get to see mm -hmm. all the characteristics so yeah so americans are, probably don't have that much knowledge about korea besides k-pop bands right now that's that's probably the biggest pop culture element from korea that's uh that's seen in america would you say that's what most korean men look like or are they just very beautiful and that's, that's not really a standard? yeah look at and, me and man. also is yeah <laughs> If you look at Andrew, that's that's what yeah. Korean men are like. I try not to look yeah. at Andrew as much as I can. <laughs> Why do yeah. you get disappointed, oh, well. Beth, when you just said that? Like, <laughs> um, but so well, so are like um, Korean men trying to look like these K-pop art artists, and yeah. this goes for women as well. And is this what the yeah. beauty standard is in Korea? No, 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 no. I think um, it used to be like that. It used to be like in. Because when, because you know the how culture grows and develops. So in the early stage, a lot of people were trying to like dress up like them and like look like them and like have a similar like makeup like them. But now I think we're in the stage where uh, the the audience, the the general keep general public and the groups and the culture themselves are somewhat separated. So I think they know each other that they're distinct entities. So where like general public would not be just like swarmed into, oh, I want to look like them or I want to be like them or something like that. I think they just kind of understand them as a separate culture. So you won't be like, like when you walk down the street, there won't be people like dressing up like them as a whole. So no. that's not the beauty standard. Just, is there something, some no. other beauty standard for, for Korea? Because like, so what I would imagine is that uh, mm -hmm. you create a band and you want to make mm -hmm. it as marketable as possible. So you try to give it an image that's very appealing to everybody. So that's why I found that it surprising that you don't think that's the actual beauty standard in Korea. Hmm. I think it, it affects the beauty standard of Korea to, uh, uh, to a certain extent, but not up to the point that everybody wants to look like them because the thing is um we have so many boy bands and girl bands that they have a very different idea and image of themselves so not every korean boy band would look exactly like them so for example like if you look at 2pm it's one of the boy bands they're all very like very tall very muscular very how should i put it like very manly masculine. yes masculine but when you 2 look at, you I don't, yeah, 2 p.m. Okay. Oh, uh, that's, that's one image that they, the one boy band would portray. But there's like other boy groups that wouldn't portray themselves as muscular, but very slim and like, kind of like a, 
yeah, very yeah. So everyone agile. has a preference, yeah. right? So yeah, so exactly. You can, yeah. you can make a boy band that that will appeal to one group, maybe not another group. Yeah. It sounds like Jonathan, you would definitely join two p.m. because you're very. So I'm looking at two p.m. right now, anyways, and <laughs> I to be honest, like I can't tell much of a difference. Oh, I see. Okay, I see some skin. Um. A lot of skin. Do they look like rugby players? <laughs> like, what do they look like? They, they don't. They actually look just like your next Korean pop band, to be honest to me. But I'm just <laughs> uncultured. Sorry, so I can't tell the difference as much. Yeah, they just look as, as plastic and beautiful. Well, they're toned. I mean, they're yeah, on right, TV, it, so... Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, who's the most beautiful K-pop star? Oh. Beautiful means, like, same pretty? Yeah. Mm. You don't have to answer that. I, I know you're, you're dating someone. <laughs> yeah, but you, but seriously, I don't see any difference between those those girls, girl, girl idols. So the, the stereotype is that they all have uh, plastic surgery. Look similar, right? And then, like the the surgeon no. tries to make them look the same. Is that is that true? Uh, or am, am I just making that up right but, now? But, but, but like like you said before, that there's some there's some you know, certain type of beauty that people like in common, right? So I think I think the the entertainers hire those guys or those girls who fits that you know standard of beauty mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. it's true that there are a lot of, lot of type different types of preference but but there's you know basically there's a bottom line that people like this type of you know face eyes you know uh, <laughs> shape. shape i think yeah. that's why that's why you know most of them became look similar which i don't think is a good idea when it comes considering the diversity, yeah. So is is K-pop like the audience? Is it is it everybody or is it mainly young people? Because okay, so I was I was watching a K-pop live video the other day, and then uh, you know like the audience can sing along, and it was all male voices, which like really freaked me out because <laughs> I, I I would assume that it was all like it was a girl K-pop band, but it, yeah, is, so is the audience just everybody or is it kind of creepy guys? So, like, what's the it's, audience it's become. Be becoming everybody, but mainly okay. those, those are your, your younger, younger, young people like to listen and follow the songs or mm-hmm. the stuff. Because or even even around my age, my friends do not know any recent you know pop mm-hmm. idols. So yeah, but I like to watching and listen to them. But I I'm not the you know fan of them. I I prefer I still personally prefer listen to the you know pop, pop the American pop music. Or the U- UK pop, or those. So you know, preference differs from people to people. So mm-hmm. yeah, but but it can go to any age. Like it, like it's not just young people like in K-pop. But it seems like it's the whole age demographic. Anyone can really listen to it. Mm-hmm. Gary, do you have any questions about K-pop? Not particularly. Um, it's not something. Right, let's do really, next twenty minutes on Irish pop. Well, I can do that, but well, I, I would say it's not. Uh, so it's growing in popularity in the U.S., but from an Irish perspective, this is not really true um we're very much we don't really have many songs that aren't in english um the popularity of songs that are not in english also irish poor. people hate asians as well right it's definitely not factually <laughs> true um but, well the well, diversity well, in is ireland it? is is less than most places in the world we're not as, we're in a nation of people who left rather than people coming to our country so so do you have a preference do you, for american do you, music do, do you listen to the irish music then what kind of music do you listen usually? We listen you to quite a lot of Irish or... music or American music. So there's a big Irish country scene. So a lot of American country comes to Ireland quite strongly. But in general, it's either American pop or it's um, Irish or British pop. 
that we would listen so to. So country music is, is listened to outside of America and, and is listened to in Ireland, like Luke Bryan kind of. Yeah. It's I love my truck and I love my guns kind of music. Maybe not so much that side of the country, but more the kind of like rural countryside, not the more modern pop country, more the kind of um, Dolly Parton era esque, all that kind of side of country music. The more modern country music is is not so popular, but we do have a lot of country music stars that come to Ireland. I just had the image of a bunch of adorable Irish rednecks, and that just makes me smile. Jonathan, is, is American music is really popular in New Zealand, right? Because I can't name any New Zealand artist besides Fly the Concords, which is not really <laughs> <laughs> like regular music. <laughs> I mean, we had Lord hit it first, you know, big time, winning two Grammys and stuff when she just came out with her debut album. But you're right, I mean, it's still after all a small market, small country. So, um, but yeah, having said that, yeah, American, American music is always, and it's funny because um, just off of what um, Beth and Andrew were talking about um, on how this false image of people actually, and Koreans actually aspiring to want to portray them to look like them. Um, that being not as true, it's interesting because then I think about how we grew up anyway. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in the states, right? Isn't that sort of what dictates image and appearance? How people should like? Yeah, I, to? I wanted to look like the guy from Nickelback for for a yeah, long right. time. <laughs> no, but like um, I, I think in, in the states, it's more about movie stars than musicians. Okay, okay. I think that's the more the more general. Uh, beauty standard but in korea is it more musicians than movie stars or the, the beautiful people or are they like even i think it's a combination of everybody i how they dress i think in terms of like like what you want to come up and coming trend of like fashion i think it the actresses affects and actors affects a lot like hairstyle okay. and all that especially if in your like 20s or 30s actors and actresses would affect you a lot more than idols i think but if you're in your teens boy bands and girlfriends would probably rule everything in terms of like what you want to buy how you want to dress how you want to act probably and they get their influence from from the famous people yeah so just because somebody just wear a certain backpack or something like that brand would go like sold out immediately gary gary were you ever influenced by a musician on how to dress I, I know like goth was a big thing, but I don't think you were like part of that scene. But like, were you ever like influenced by musicians on your style? No, not on style. Um, I suppose music videos for me growing up weren't particularly a big thing. And so I wasn't really looking. You were listening to music. You weren't watching music. And I suppose that's kind mm-hmm. of the difference. Um, I suppose the big thing for us was more the reality TV music programs um and seeing that but i don't know if it influenced my style or people around me style that much we all had lunch boxes with pictures of people on it if that counts <laughs> and i'm gonna say your your lunch box had the guys from uh was it westlife what's the boy zone boy zone oh yeah i was a bit earlier than westlife i suppose i live in san francisco and there's also a club called boy zone um it's just not what you think it is though okay so like um personally for me like my music taste was pretty much shaped when i was younger i think like teen and early 20s probably earlier than yeah, yeah. Like teens and, and high school and uh, middle school do you guys feel the same like i i can't really even like name like i was looking at the top 100 list today for america and i probably could only name like, like maybe two out of the the top 20 or whatever the first page of that i was looking at and like it was one oh, of those harry styles because he was in, in one direction i just knew his name 
but do you guys feel the same way like it's hard to discover new music at this age yeah definitely um definitely you know i got all excited when my chemical romance was coming back and went on youtube <laughs> to see the first performance and man Broadway having that dad look i didn't care i dug it i dug so much um uh, but no yeah you're like, right he's gotta like, be in his 40s now it's, it's, it yeah have the same impact. <laughs> he came back i didn't know that yeah and they were kind of they were gonna come to new zealand they were gonna come in march and then they fall off because of the virus but oh, they must have yeah, really but, lost their money if they have to go back on tour <laughs> <laughs> no but it's those those bands from boy bands to those you know the classic like four or five guy or girl band like you know instruments mm -hmm. and everything and you know that sort of uh rock alternative like punk era that's pretty much where i've left my music tastes and also being nostalgic and everything i think uh, i probably would just you know go back to that to really the good memories and then after that i don't know i'm sure like you know sure like taylor swift or whatever came up and uh, you know, Katy perry and all those but otherwise i think what's, uh, what's your favorite song from the last two years I quite like Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, but that might be influenced mm. by my new addiction oh, to yeah. TikTok. So. The Weeknd's pretty good, yeah. Um, I think my Gary's favorite song been... is the Korean, yeah. or sorry, the Vietnamese uh, coronavirus song. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gary is the I, one who's also up, updated with, with the, the new songs with uh, sort of TikTok, right? So, yeah, in Korea, would you say that... Um, you're you're uh, finding new music now, or do you just stick with the, the songs that you like when you were uh, under twenty years old? Because I don't listen to new music anymore. Like if I say if people talk about like the it has handed, you know, what what is the name of the song? The Corona song. Besides that kind of <laughs> song that, that became issue, and it's very hard to catch up because there are hundreds of songs released almost mm -hmm. every day. So you know, it's hard to pick one. And listen, yeah. because I, my time is limited, and I, I, stick, I try. I became. I don't know. I became feel like old. I stick to the old song that I liked previously. You know, some songs. Mm. Oh, do you go? Do you go back to like the Bee Gees, <laughs> Chicago and stuff. Andrew is yeah, sixty-seven years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Queen Richie. or Ro I love them honestly. The, Ro the, the Rolling Stones, you know, Queen, Coldplay. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys yeah. are in seventies, right? Yeah. No, 60s. 60s. But did, did you know that they have a concert in Korea? Yeah, they did. In yeah. the Queen? In the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. With Queen, Adam well, first of all, Queen is not from the 60s. They're, they're from the from, 80s, right? From the from yeah. 70s? <laughs> like, 70s. Their age. Their age is like in their 60s, right? Oh, they're all Yeah, they're, yeah, they're oh. their age. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, I see old grandpas you know, playing guitar in the stage okay it seems like gary's the only person that listens to new music what do you think about new music now gary um some of it's quite commercial and some of it's there's a lot of electronic music there's a lot of auto-tune there's a lot of very similar and samey stuff so unique and creative stuff but maybe this is true of all current popular music and when we look back nostalgically we only hear the good stuff um and we only remember the good stuff but all the rubbish that was in between and the non-unique stuff gets lost over time <laughs> So that's possibly true even now. And so that there will be unique songs like Dance Monkey, um, She's a Belter, or this Blinding Lights, which will stand out. But then all the rest of the songs kind of just fade away over time. Um, so this is probably how it'll be as well. Even the songs of the noughties, there's only a few that stand out. But when you were there, you didn't think there were so many that were all the same. So I don't know if Do you I think music is in a good place, though, because... Uh... 
it does give everyone the kind of the opportunity to uh, to show yourself out. But at the same time, you get diluted because there's too many of them. You get diluted, but you, I think um, you, because we focus on our interests, there's so many unique artists that you can follow um, that there's the barrier of entry into making your own music is quite low at the moment. So you see a lot of creativity yeah. if you go to look for it. And so therefore, I think the world is now more diverse and there's more opportunity and a great song will still come through. So a great song will still eventually climb up the ladder. Like the Icelandic Eurovision entry this year is now big on TikTok in Canada and it's very confusing to me, but this is a, just a genuinely good song and will come true eventually. So I think that still is true and I think there will be great songs and people have more ability to be creative in this more digital world. How else are we making a podcast? <laughs> yep and uh but but like so like music can be pretty much made by by anyone now like you just need a computer and then some what, what's that 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 uh drum beat sound 808 or something 88 or whatever it's called oh, but do you think yeah. this is going to be an issue for people being able to perform live now because i don't think there's that many great live singers anymore yeah when you if you go watch the grammy videos all of it's pretty much lip synced and uh, yeah. like a, not a lot of people can can perform their music live. But is that even an issue? Because who, who cares anymore? No, no, no. it is an issue, man. It should be an issue. God damn it. Because <laughs> people, I think, mistake the difference between, you know, being a good performer, right? And then actually, you know, being a good songwriter, which I think to me is the most important thing, personally. And then, of course, being able to like, you know, deliver, if you want to call it a sing, sure. <laughs> but some people are just, just I'll say deliver. I don't think they'd be a really serious sing. But, um, but yeah, so... Um, of course, you know, ideally you have all that in one artist, but oftentimes not really actually. More, more, less so now actually. You get people that are able to, you know. Yeah, what, what I'm concerned about stage. is that there, there probably is an artist that is really great at writing his own songs or and he's really great at performing live, but he gets diluted. He's, he's not going to be found because he's not marketable anymore. What's marketable is, you know, making kids depressed or whatever pop music <laughs> is right now. Oh, yeah. Just I heard in America, there, 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 there are a lot of singer-songwriter became famous in the in the in the states. I, I really in can only states. think of Billie Eilish from the last two or three years that was was like singer-songwriter kind of style that yeah. became famous. Then, then how do people get popular in this case? How do singers? There must be good singers. Well, they're not singer-songwriter. There's like they're like marketable. Like they'll they'll make a, a catchy song, but it's mainly auto-tune and it mainly has the same mm -hmm. beat that's in every other song. And then a record company finds them and they're like, "Hey, we can sell this to Spotify or whatever." So let's put some marketing Ooh. money behind them, and then that's how you get uh, Little Pump or something or like <laughs> yeah. you know, trap music because so it's, it's appealing. People. It's appealing to young kids. Like like kids like this. So like yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give them what they like. We don't care if it's not great for for music quality. Yeah. Isn't it the same system in Korea? Like the the big the, the record company hires singers and they give them songs and sell it later. Like yeah, like, singers like, apply Korea. to. Yeah. But then well, again, there, is I there think a Korean yeah. singer songwriter? Is it that's like really famous uh, right now? Like uh, Billie Eilish equivalent? Uh, or the, or the young really. Korean performer have to be in K-pop to be famous essentially? I think you initially. Well, sadly, I think you initially have to be popular in order to have time to nurture to become a singer-songwriter. So initially, like, it's very hard, it's very sad to say that, but I don't think I can imagine, no, I don't think I can come up with somebody who was a very popular singer-songwriter in the beginning, and then they got, I, yeah. Are you? Well, 
Well, I mean, because I know the very, because it, oh, okay, so this, there's this female singer-songwriter called IU. How um, old is she? That she's, she's very young. No, no, not very young, but she's like 28 now, 29. But she debuted in her mid, um, mid-teens, so like 16. So she's been active. And she for debuted like as a solo artist and not a, a, a band solo. member? Oh, interesting. Yeah, she debuted as a solo, but uh, her very her her debut album wasn't her own song actually, so oh, it was produced okay. by her entertainment. So it was very electronic, like very dancey, bouncy songs. But I think she changed her path to become a song songwriter in some point. So now she's a very competent one. But but in her beginning, mm. she wasn't. Yeah, but you I know what? Even BTS BTS made make their own song but there's a famous member who make all the songs and all the radius melodies oh he actually writes yeah, all the songs the, yeah. yeah yeah but the thing is uh, but he only made those songs uh when once he got a lot popular like had a lot of fandom so she didn't really start as a singer songwriter to begin with what made them popular was the songs that was produced or made by other music composers and producers so mm. now they have a time and energy to make their own songs which is a great thing to begin with i'm not saying that that's any bad but it's just that it's really hard to gain a popularity initially as a singer-songwriter and debut as a singer-songwriter in korea because mm. essentially okay. an entertainment company pick and choose who you would be debuted so yeah but if you become famous as a as a K-pop star, you have the opportunity to make your own name afterwards. So something like Justin yeah. Timberlake is the American equivalent, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what about Europe? What about Gary? What about the European? The singer singer became popular. How do they become start like singing or like how they are picked by a record company or something? It depends. It really just depends on what genre you're talking about and who you're talking about. But um, people like we have the members of One Direction now all going independent are quite popular at the moment between mm-hmm. um, Zayn or Niall Horan. Um, Niall Horan is quite popular in Ireland, mainly because he's Irish. So there is that growth. And then a lot of independent <laughs> bands, which are quite popular as well. Um, we have a few famous ones, but it depends really is the answer. Um, uniqueness kind of sells and then appealing to our Irish nationality often does well. So songs that are based like around the historic stuff in Ireland or kind of trad music is quite popular also and just kind of unique stuff that kind of suits our culture is important too. All right so let's get into our final question for this show. What do you think we can do as a society to make the best musicians uh, get the spotlight a little bit more? Is there is there a great solution for that or do the record companies kind of just control everything and we're wasting our time talking about this right now? I think supporting I mean, live music, they, live music yeah. is the mm-hmm. way to support it, um, and that's the way artists now make money, um, in a more meaningful way. You don't make money from having it on Spotify or having YouTube views. It's it's the live concert that is the value, and if people support that, then that supports the best artists. But how do you get famous enough to make people want to go to your live performances? YouTube, and Spotify, and becoming should it, youtube host a live music event for new artists it regularly does like there's regular slots for that type of thing so virtual I don't know. coachella well these days in this new 
society we're in, there's many virtual concerts. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard. It's definitely hard, but that's you have to just kind of break through and uniqueness and a very good song will get through eventually. What do you think, Jonathan? You know, I was just going to say at the end of the day, like we're the ones who consume that music, right? So I don't know. It's definitely hard to tell, I guess, young people, especially those in the teens, right, to consume this, not that. But um, but I guess, you know, it's about like what Gary said, sort of making it easier for what we would say good music to come to the forefront, get that sort of space, right? And to be able to sift through what, you know, we call sheer like pop junk, let's say that takes a lot of space, a lot of times, right? Get gets more of that popularity. So um, yeah, supporting live music, right? Making it easier, I think, for bands to get exposure. Because of course, if you were to just tell them to go and go get your own exposure through social media, uh, and good luck, right? Tough, you know, <laughs> to yeah. have to compete with all that. So I think it, you never replace authenticity in that sense. So therefore, like, you know, yeah, making it easier for them to get the music out, get more sort of performance uh, time venues, you know, I think that's probably the best bet, to be honest. You don't like the strategy of uh, Uber drivers just uh, putting their own mixtapes in, in the car when, when they're driving you? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? <laughs> they, should. they should. If you can expand that concept to like, uh, maybe there's an app where like you get a completely random song that you never heard of. And then if you're a new artist, you you make your best three minute song and then you put it on through this app and this is your chance. And then it randomly sure. goes. I don't know. Maybe that people, that, that's a good idea. Honestly, you should call Uber. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Uber also music. imagine like, you know, the good old busking, right? Like I think people kind of overlook that a lot. Uh, I actually had even sort of this fantasy in my mind where like, you know, if I could just go out there, I can't even sing anyways, but like if you say you're, you're a good singer, right? If you believe in your art, your, your music, you know, if you just perform um, in public venues, and if that were sort of, if people paid more attention to that, I think that it's just the most authentic way, right, to gain success or just build on that, right? I don't know. But then again, how does busking work in other countries? I'm not sure. Like in Korea, people do that. <laughs> Are music allowed on, on buses? No, wait. So I have a great idea. Okay. So, you know, at the at the uh, grocery store, there's music in the yeah. background, right? <laughs> so what if you paid the grocery store to play your mixtape? On, yeah. on the back, like five bucks yeah. an hour, something like that. Yeah, yeah. sounds very good. Sounds like a good. Because you hear the same same three songs at the grocery store every every day. And then... Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's true. And they pay they pay certain amount of money to those like like yeah music out there, and they're paying, playing the same song over and over again. Yeah. yeah. There's there's certain songs that encourage you to buy. That's why they play them. So there's subliminal messages <laughs> to buy more Mentos or whatever. Stay in the store. Or five more minutes <laughs> <laughs> to listen to music. <laughs> so, if any anybody from Safeway is listening, uh, you, you can you can contact me for this great idea, and uh, we'll, we'll make it <laughs> I get a little bit of commission on that. But uh, yeah, this is, has been a great discussion, guys. Uh, um, I'll give uh, Beth the last word if you want to talk. You want to make the last statement about about music, and then well, I mean, I think it's a great time for a lot of the K-pop listeners out there to be in the scene right now be, just because everybody's so so excited and interested in being in this scene so you know just keep them you know keep yourself updated and this trying to listen to new songs and get yourself interested i think being a live lively public general public makes this music scene a lot more richer and more interesting so even though it might be very hard to find new songs on your own because you know you don't know where to go. I think just playing new music just through like a playset that the 
streaming sites recommend you, I think it's even a really good start to just get yourself interested and in trying new things. So yeah. Yeah, you hear that, Andrew? Me. Stop listening to the, the stop listening to five <laughs> K-pop songs. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard to catch. Uh, but uh, okay, as you recommend, and there are a lot of channels, you know, like like just Gary said, YouTube or like uh, what is it, TikTok, lots of yeah. applications that recommend me song. I try to listen to them and try to catch up the new K-pop stars and new American stars. I mean, we're, we're old. We don't we don't listen to new music. We we we're comfortable and <laughs> and we're stuck in our own ways. Come on, we gotta try. We gotta try. <laughs> so on that note, uh, that's our show for for Gary, Jonathan, Beth, and Andrew. My name is Joseph, and thanks for listening to Foreigners Talk America.